Well, folks, welcome to Best of Belfast, the podcast that celebrates Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. It is feeling, I'm feeling pretty Christmassy. I'm not really a Christmassy sort of guy, but, you know, I was at the Christmas market there over the weekend and absolutely loved it. Put me right in the mood. And honestly, every single year I'm always like, nah, I'm not really into Christmas. It's just too much of a palaver. And then I get to the Christmas market and I get a kangaroo burger and then I say, do you know what? Actually, I love Christmas. Fair play. So hopefully you're managing your business okay. Hopefully over the next hour or so here, you can take a wee bit of time just to relax, disconnect from your work and listen to a lovely conversation with two really incredible makers from Northern Ireland. Always love sharing a wee maker story on the run up to Christmas. It is the golden quarter for a lot of artists and business owners. You know, this is the time where people are buying. This is the time when people are buying gifts. And I really wanted to get today's episode out there because these guys, their stuff is amazing. It's on my Christmas list this year. I'm giving lots and lots of their stuff as gifts this year and i wanted to make you guys aware of them give them a well-deserved plug and i always think it's nice to kind of hear the story behind the products the stories behind the people who make these gifts and so cowfield design is a father-son creative design crafts business set up by connor and sean kelly After initially starting out as a hobby, making lamps and mirrors from Donegal Driftwood, they started getting a whole bunch of requests from shops, and that's what really kick-started the Cowfield journey into a full-time gig. Two years later, Cowfield Design now has a whole host of products that celebrate Northern Ireland, including beautifully crafted models of the Harland Wolf Cranes, the Belfast Sink, a wee small model of the Titanic, and even these really cool metal Wild Atlantic Ways. The two guys are class. They work together really well. Sean sort of brings his practical experience as a joiner. Connor deploys his... This is what I have written down here. Connor deploys his digital design skills. It's true. He's class. He's an artist. He probably wouldn't admit that, but he is. But basically, the father-son team, they're committed and determined to continually make products they are proud of that feature the places people call home. So in today's episode, we talk all about their design process. Our first ones were just leaving them out in the garden, getting them rusted, but that, that didn't work. We put vinegar, we had peroxide, we did all sorts of things. But um, we've come up with a method now that we sandblast the material first. How they manage the money side of their business. I suppose you have to set this, just set your stall out very early and realise that, you know, if I'm going to make this, I'm going to have to make money on it. And what it's like to work with your family. I guess there's obviously like trust there and obviously wanting the best, but they don't always agree. Yeah, really class guys, love what they're doing. And I know that you'll really enjoy hearing from them yourself. Hi, I'm Sean Kelly. I'm Connor Kelly. And you're listening to Best of Belfast. All right, folks, what's the crack? My name is Matthew Thompson and welcome to Best of Belfast, the podcast that celebrates Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. The show is brought to you from our recording studio in Ormo Baths, Barclay Eagle Labs, a co-working space right here in the heart of the city centre. Support for Best of Belfast comes from listeners just like you, who pledge as little as £1 a month to join the Producers Club, get invitations to live podcasts, and support us on our journey to 100 interviews. Big, big thanks to all of you who make the show possible, especially our Titanic producers, Barclays Eagle Labs, Ulster University... Gavin Wall, and of course, the wonderful Ormo Baths team. To find out more, get in touch, or check out our back catalogue of over 80 incredible interviews, please visit bestofbelfast.org. That's it from me for now. It's time to jump straight into our conversation with this week's local legend. Really hope that you enjoy. Let's do it all again. Start it up 
where we left off Take control of this night Light it up, what are some of your Connor earliest memories of your dad? Was he always tinkering at stuff? Was he always making stuff? Or was that something that came um, out later in his life? I, probably the some of our earliest ones has been Donegal, walk, oh, yeah? walking the beaches mm-hmm. with him. Because that's we didn't go away apart from going to Donegal. So that's where we spent our summer holidays. That's cool. So, yeah, collecting driftwood and walk it after him and was it like a certain part of Donegal like people are very loyal to their wee spots oh, in Donegal Venture, that, that's yeah. where we go like that's good so. and Sean what about you like, did you ever notice like with Connor as a wee lad like an, like an artistic flair or like any bend towards design no from a very early on he was definitely very he was artistic but I wouldn't have called it very good <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but his mother had more faith in him than I had but she would have collect, kept all the pieces that he drew mm. I still have them to this day but um, I just couldn't see it <laughs> I couldn't see what she saw you know so it, uh, it's, it's, it's grown on me over the years you know and do you have any sort of experience or were you ever artistic yourself or were you just like look I'm a joiner or I'm just functionally oh, no, I've, I've always been making so always yeah. always my mother always said uh, Correct me because I, I made a table one time and I sold it twice. I sold, <laughs> I, I sold it to her and then I needed money to go away, so I sold it again to her shop. You know, so, and that was at 16. So I, I was always making stuff. Always. Wow. Yeah. And where did sort of business or entrepreneurship start happening for you personally, well, other than this table? <clears throat> well, my, we, my mother and father had a business. We were, we were always in business and I worked in the business from a bar. We had a pub. Oh, nice. So I worked in it from, from I was like knee high you know so <laughs> always and I just always saw myself as being self-employed mm. I just always enjoyed that that race that it has you know yeah so what's some of the the earliest memories you have of a pub because a pub's a, a crazy business like it's, it's good fun I always yeah. enjoyed it you know I, I just enjoyed the crack in it you know and there's you know there's music in it and there's singing there's rows in it as well of course but sure. uh you know, my father always said, you know, if you're throwing a drunk man out, just make it like it's his idea. <laughs> and everybody will be fine. You're not coming through the windows, you know. So. That's cool. So after the pub, you know, when did you, did you go and get a job first? Did you always stay self-employed? You know? No, I was, I served my time and then I went to London at 19. And then I went to America for 10 years. And oh. I worked there. Mm. So, and then I came back and I just, I could just got involved in different businesses through different stages of my life, you know. Yeah. Where were you in the States? In New York. New York the whole time. Really? Yeah. yeah. What were you doing in New York? As a joiner in New York, and then I became a supervisor and a general manager. And I was going to stay, uh, but I looked at my peers and thought, is this where I want to be in five years' time? I looked Mm. at them and I thought, I just don't want to commute from Jersey or upstate. And I wanted to come back home, and that was it. I landed back. Crazy. And I came to Belfast because... I didn't know anybody anywhere else so, because I'd been away so long and I thought I'll start afresh. It was either Dublin or Belfast and I came to Belfast. Crazy. So, so sorry sorry for lingering on this. Like, yeah. I lived in New York for three years. I moved oh, right, when I was 18 uh, in Manhattan so living and working there. Oh, Manhattan, right. Okay. Yeah, but what were you doing? Were you like fitting places out? No, we did the high rises. Like, you we did were, the high rises? Yeah, I worked in the Trade Centre. I worked all, I was Wall Street. Was my, I worked in Wall Street for Eight years, wow. you know, running 120 men, you know. Jeez Louise. And it was like, it was fast pace, good, loved it, you know. Crazy. Absolutely. But uh, you just thought, you know, so you could reach burnout very quickly there. And, mm. you know, it's either go upstate, get your commute, take your two-hour commute in and out, or uh, come home. Yeah. And uh, my boss said at the time, he says, I'll see you in March. Uh, this was <laughs> January when I left, and I never went back. Nice one. So, so where it. did you meet the missus then? She was a tenant of mine. 
In, you, in where? No, here. I bought, okay, okay. I was like, in New York, no, surely no, not. I bought a couple of houses while I was away, so I had something to come back to. It was in Belfast, so, and then I bought a, another house to live in, and then I rented out the rooms. Mm. And at one stage, there was changeover, and she came in. So that was it. And what house do you remember kind of growing up in? Uh, oh, the only one. Yeah, the only one, the Nicebridge Manor one. Nice. So it's nice. Cool. Like, so you yeah. you really are Belfast kind of born. Yeah, <coughs> you hail from. I'm Portland owned originally. I would nice. say Ballymena, Portland owned. Nice, and all you've known is Belfast. Yeah, I, I went to I went to school in Hollywood, but yeah, all I know is Belfast. Cool. Like. And what was your kind of trajectory? Like you like, did you leave Northern Ireland as well? No, well, uh, yeah, I went to uni in Bournemouth for three years uh, just to see something else as well. Like, but uh, no, yeah, my I went to. School School in Hollywood, in the Hollywood Route of Steiner School. Left it, went to tech for two years, and then went to college for two years. Three or years. Or three years. <laughs> and then worked in Liverpool for a year in that uh, debt collection company and just didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> so came back and started helping my dad do Cowfield Design. So that, that's that kind of my journey. Cool. So and far, so anyway. hit us with the origin story. It does sound like it started in Donegal, but how did this all kind of come about? It was it was making the driftwood mirrors. Mm-hmm. My dad, he made those, <coughs> and they were in Studio Souk originally. And uh, so when I, when I was in college, he asked me to do a logo for Cowfield Design. Uh, so I, I did that. And then I think, when, I don't know, when did you start making the cranes? Two years ago. To, yeah, or maybe more, but further back than that. Yeah, maybe a bit more. So then, <clears throat> needed boxes. When I was working in Liverpool, he, uh, I think the cranes were like starting to get made. So he was like, "Can I get some packaging?" So I did the packaging for it, and then eventually came back and just started helping a bit more. And then we, I think, the first crane was the medium crane. That's right. Yeah, and then we did the large one, and then we did the the t- tiny one. So. And were they driftwood at the start? What was the, so to tell us? Walk us through your design process for just the cranes, because I think your process is really, really interesting. I what I what I initially thought of was was a, a lamp with a, a lamp on the undercarriage of the crane that kind yeah. of intrigued me. I thought if I can somehow get a, a lamp in there that you know, and so it just reflects down onto the the, the the desktop, you know. So I made one, and I thought that's a really cool shape. I thought if we can break it down, and uh, so I, w- I was thinking of the airport. I thought if we could break this down and make it that it's easy lifted, or sorry, easy paid for and lifted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and then we, we, Connor devised it, where he designed a box. We 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 messed about with this for ages before we got the the sizes and everything right. And then we were able to uh, get it into a small box, a wallet sized box, so that whenever we get through the airport it would be no effort to put it in your pocket or your bag or whatever. So that was where the whole initial idea, the whole idea was that it broke down and was easy carried. And that's where the concept came from. And I thought, a minute, I, when I thought of it, I knew it was a good idea. Mm. And, then, and then everything sort of spiralled from there, you know. Yeah. So you always had kind of that accessibility for the customer in mind, which is interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Some, and I know if, if it was myself, I, I would like the crane if I walked past it, but I wouldn't actually lift it because I've, I've nowhere to put it. I wouldn't be carrying a bag. And um, so I just thought, 
you know, I, I want to be able to slip this into my inside pocket yeah. or put it into a handbag or whatever. You know? And what made you decide this? Like, why the crane? Like, out of everything you could have started with, why? It's the most. Like, I mean, if I think of Belfast, yeah. I just think of the cranes. Mm. I mean, and, and I love the shape. I just love looking at the cranes everywhere. Yeah. I see them from where I leave the house within five minutes. I see the cranes. Yeah. I mean, and it's, they're always, they dominate the skyline. You're always looking at the sky behind them. They're just, they change every day. And I. I just love them being there, you know. I'd yeah. hate to see them ever been removed. Yeah, I know. Well, it ruined my business. <laughs> but, uh, you would be a historical relic. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> of a going, Do you remember these? You know? yeah, so. yeah, remember the cranes. <laughs> so, so that would be a bummer. So then we, we come up with the Titanic as well, the other iconic thing in Belfast. So we just started designing those and there's a whole slew of different uh, versions of that being made. Mm. So... It took a long, long time to <clears throat> home in on one that we thought everybody might aesthetically like, you know, I mean, it looks nothing like the Titanic in my eyes. <laughs> but so we had to write it on it, you know. <laughs> so um, so that's, and then again, Connor designed the box and, and again, it, it took off as well. You yeah. Know? So where do you get your, de- like your design skills from? Like, uh, how did you develop that? It was just uh, university and college and just messing about on the computer, kind of like, in, I don't know, it's... Yeah, since since college, that's when I wanted to like start doing graphic design. So that's when I started studying it. So probably I don't know. That, that's like five five years, and then I've obviously been learning as I go. Sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I could definitely probably use like a bit more experience because I, I haven't worked in like an agency or whatever. So I'm kind of going by what I think. Mm-hmm. And, Probably a lot of YouTube as well. And oh, a lot of YouTube. Oh, just, a, <laughs> just a lot of research and stuff, but it seems to be going, going good at, yeah. uh, as, as at the moment anyway. Like. But like, what about the, like, you'll hate this question, you'll, you'll cringe at this question, but like, what about the art side to what you do? Because your Belfast pubs oh, are yeah, that's where unbelievable. Like, would you ever have thought that you would, like, I'm going to be, again, like, am I going to be an artist? Like, was no. that ever on your radar at all? No, I, I never thought I was ever going to do that. I, I always just kind of imagine myself maybe doing advertising or, yeah, something. I, I just never thought I would do art that people would buy. Mm. So it, it was strange when I first did it. Like, um, I don't know. I, I don't know why I did the first one. I think, I think I illustrated a pub for someone. Someone asked me to do it. And then it, it looked well. So then I thought, I, I like the idea of doing the, the playing cards. That's kind of where the prints came from. Mm. I like the idea of having a deck of 52 Belfast pubs. Yeah. So like you can, you can just use them to get round and you know play, what pubs play you all your drinking games. So that's where it came from. And then it just took so long. So they were like, right, you, you don't know where to get playing cards printed, but you've done all this work. So like, put it into something mm. so I, I obviously made the print and yeah i was happy to see that people liked it like um but it, it's it's changed a lot like since i first done it because all the pubs they paint themselves and they change names and stuff and there's obviously new ones so it's it's kind of good because it does keep it updated i like the idea if i keep doing this you can go back five years and be like oh that's what the pub scene was like in that time and then to what now so yeah but no I, I never thought anyone would be buying art I, yeah I never saw myself as an artist as yeah. such maybe just a designer maybe but did you ever expect that you'd be working with your dad 
No. <laughs> no. Did I, you ever expect to be over with your son? And neither did I. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, why did you leave Northern Ireland? And then what was it that brought you back? I know you touched on it slightly, but, you know, what were some um, more the, the emotions that were going on there? <laughs> I think I was happy to leave home. That was probably one. Sure. Uh, maybe just to get a bit more independence. And, well, my, my sister, she went away as well, so she said she loved it. So that was probably another a key thing, just because she had a good experience. Um, also, I heard that Bournemouth Uni was a good uni for design, which it, it was. It was, uh, it was a class. But, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I did it, but also, like, Belfast is great. So, yeah. But I, I guess you, you don't know how good somewhere is unless you see somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So probably a bit of that, just see more places so I know what to yeah. expect with things. But um, yeah, that's, that's probably why. That's cool. <laughs> and how do you guys manage the, I'm going to say like the business side to your business? Because you obviously, Sean, have had like a real strong like entrepreneurial background. I only found that out just there now. But, you know, a lot of makers, a lot of artists, a lot of even people who create stuff. The hard part for them is actually, okay, well, I really enjoy doing this. How the flip can <coughs> I make like money, money and yeah. pay mortgage and pay rent with this? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not easy. It's, it's not yeah. an easy uh, journey. But... Uh, I suppose you have to set <laughs> to set your stall out very early and realize that, you know, if I'm going to make this, I'm going to have to make money at it. So, and that's, I mean, we're always arguing about getting costs down, and you know, there's different products come in, and we just it's, sometimes it's impossible to make money at them. You know, as yeah. much as we'd like to make them, mm. and we know that they they'd be well received, but we know we mm. can't charge that amount for them. So there's that it's getting that balance right, and um, and you know, because at the end the result is you want somebody to buy it. Yeah. And, and you don't want to be ripping anybody off. Yeah. So you want to be able to just hit that balance, get that balance right where, you, where you're making money and you're making people happy with buying your product. Yeah. And yes. how, because obviously, let me start here actually. Why the name? <clears throat> oh. Where does that come from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the name came from, because we always uh, drove down to Donegal. So we had a game where it was uh, called Cowfield. Okay. And it was simply... You just have to count how many cow fields you see, and whoever has the most by the end of the journey wins. <laughs> um, so we used to play that every time in the car just to pass <clears throat> pass time because it was like two and a half hour it's journey. Stop fighting! Yeah, <laughs> that, jumped up it. by us. Yeah. Uh, and then if you saw a graveyard. That means everyone else's <coughs> cars are gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he cancelled theirs out. It's like a, a multimedia game. Yeah, it's interactive. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> the problem but, uh, is everybody anticipated where the graveyards were. Oh, after a while. That's, <laughs> that's, they changed the rules slightly, you know. But, uh, but that, that's where the... We kind of thought... I, I don't know, that the name... We had Driftwood before. Yeah. And then we thought we just didn't want to be... A particular... Uh, you know, tied wanted, down yeah, that, yeah, we yeah. wanted to be able because we knew we were going to be doing different products. So, just I mean, just that seems to be anything with an animal in it as well. It <laughs> seems to go. I That's know. true. You know, so we thought, well, why not Cowfield? You know, yeah. Well, it feels like distinctly Irish. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't. It feels like it has a good identity. Like it's rooted here. Right. Well, we didn't I suppose we didn't look at it that way. Mm. We just like 
the name, I suppose, then yeah. at that time, you know. So name aside, sorry, like <clears throat> what resources have you tapped into or how have you, like, you know, what advice have you got or who's helped you on your way to ha- like manage the business side of business? Because even though you've been involved in entrepreneurship before, selling, I don't know what the right word is for it, but like consumer goods that you have to have well, a lot of stock of. Well, it's a completely is, different. Uh, she's a marketing consultant. And so we're getting a lot of advice from her <laughs> and sometimes unwarranted, but we get it anyway. Um, so that's been a big help as well. So, you know, so we have to listen to her whenever she's speaking as well. So talking to other makers as well. Yeah, that that does help because it's obviously they're going through the same thing. Um, and yeah, just it helps to just talk to other people. Yeah, just to mm. see what how they're doing things. And then we can be like, oh, why aren't we doing that? Mm. Yeah, they, everybody's quite eager to, to share their knowledge as well, you know, to help you. Well, as long as you're not stealing their ideas, mm-hmm. basically. But, there, there, you know, there is, there is, they put an effort into maybe giving you a leg up, you know, mm-hmm. which helps a lot. So talk to me about the Belfast sink. We just love the Belfast sink. <laughs> we just, that epitomizes everything about Belfast too. Um, and we think it's a worldwide brand as well. We just think that, yeah, I think everybody in the world would, would recognize what that is. And uh, as Connor uh, started hand making them first, you know. Yeah, so I have a <coughs> bunch of those sitting around the house, just <coughs> with plants in them. And yeah, I don't know. And, well, like since I was hand making them, they're There's they're less like I don't know, pristine, mm-hmm. like fingerprints and stuff. But like eventually, we came to a, a final model, yeah, which we really liked, um, and then managed to get get those made. Yeah, but it's, I, it's a long process, like long process. I don't know. I, th- I well, I think we're just inspired by obviously Belfast because that's where we are. But um, yeah, I, I think that's definitely where we get all of our inspiration, kind of. Um, yeah, we're going to other places. We're going to run out of things. Very yeah. Soon, you know? <laughs> okay. yeah, we're going to have to look um, at other cities. I don't know. I, I, it is just such an iconic thing, and. Uh, I just thought it would be fantastic to have it something that you can I don't know just smaller so you can have it on your windowsill and but at the bring very beginning in. we went to people and they said it couldn't be done they said it mm. couldn't be made because it was so small and that was that was off putting you because we mm-hmm. thought why, why why is that so hard to make and uh so it's just basically Connor's been working that for over a year really to Yeah get, to get from that. from the idea it has just been a year just trying to figure out how to, how do, to do this yeah because mm. so. i yeah i don't know i feel like i don't want to be stopped if i have an idea and i have no idea how to make it i don't really want to be like oh pass because obviously we have been known for like the wooden products mm-hmm. and i don't know i didn't want to be like oh we don't do ceramics we can't do it so it's just all about pushing on and seeing how you can eventually get it done. Um, we have the so. new one coming out as well. Yeah, we, yeah, we're 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 working on a, another ceramic yeah. thing, which it's it's a it's a little uh, ceramic egg, egg cup yeah. for the Giants oh, Causeway. Nice. Yeah, because obviously inspired by another should've thing brought, that we're around. <coughs> should have yeah, brought it in to show you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're working on that. But it's it's. It'll not be the shops by Christmas. No, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But your materials are interesting because, like you said, you know, you start off with the wood. Well, you start off with driftwood, which is yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And you, you switch to wood, and then 
you have the ceramic. It almost has like a porcelain sort of feel to it mm-hmm. for the Belfast sink. But then you have completely different. You've got this metal product. Yes. You know, and that's, <laughs> that must be hard to get right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're is, effectively, you're trying to, you're trying to rust. Controlled rust? Is that what you're Yeah, we've found a method now. We've found, yeah. a, we've found a method. So now. tell us about that product for the people listening. Well, it's, it's based on the Wild Atlantic Way. Along the Wild Atlantic Way, there's viewing points all, all along it, and they have this this um, metal post made out of Corten steel, which is rusted steel. And uh, it's got this particular look off it, which we love the look of, and mm. we were trying to copy that or emulate that. But So um, our first ones were just leaving them out in the garden, getting them rusted. Mm. That, that didn't work. We put vinegar, we had peroxide, we did all sorts of things. But um, we've come up with a method now that we sandblast the material first. It gives it an even coating of rust, which actually looks like Cortenstein now. So they're, they're just actually finished. So wow. that's these are the new version yeah. that's coming out. Because uh, we couldn't, you can't, the Cortenstein is so expensive to mm-hmm. buy. And again, then you, you know, that has to go on to the customer. So we, we couldn't, we just had to find a way of, of getting this process done ourselves mm-hmm. and uh, be able to make it affordable. Yeah, That's how we ended up in that particular. And then we're going to make one of each county the whole way down the Wild Atlantic Way and then some of the most popular viewing points that people would definitely recognise. But what we're finding is a lot of people are asking, for, requesting particular viewing points where yeah. it brings back a memory. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously when people yeah. visit, they feel more connection to their their local spot. So yeah. our local spot would be Fincher. Yeah. So it's just, that's, I would really love to offer that because that's, that's what people want. They yeah. feel connected to their patch of mm-hmm. where they're they know but it, it's difficult because of how they're made because yeah. if someone orders we can't just make one because it, it it's not you know. feasible so I'm, I'm making a list of requests so then i can maybe once i have enough of them i can then get Put them, them done together. and yeah. let people know but yeah it's it, it, it a lot of it is just trying different things to make sure you get it done right and feasible basically sure and you do improve on it all the time mm. we are we are get i mean we know that the first versions are probably not the best versions but we know that it's nearly there somehow and then we we have to keep modifying and modifying to see that's the process there we're going to use to make these mm-hmm. and you know if you're going to make them in any sizable numbers really mm-hmm. yeah now that we 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 have some of the original cranes and they're different to what oh, very they different. are now. <laughs> very different. Yeah, yeah. Our, our house is definitely full of has the most cranes ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. Our, our windowsill is just full of stuff that we've made and uh, stuff that we've made but haven't been able to like get to market because it's not feasible but it's mm-hmm. it's it's the, in the development or whatever. Sure. So why why bother? Like why do you guys what you do because i imagine oh. there's easier ways to make money okay and i, I think lo- that's fair to say and i love i love i love doing all this stuff because uh, why? it i get a kick out of it the fact that people want first of all they want to buy it and, yeah. and that's your design and and um and and you just get I, there's not no better feeling in the world is somebody buying something that you've made this it's mm. just great and even when we're, we're in the, I did the stalls and mar- the markets and stuff you know Coming, somebody coming up and buying that off you and you think well they actually appreciate that you know and they're paying me for it I didn't make mm. any money on it but it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, there was definitely a certain kick out of, of people buying stuff that you designed or made mm-hmm. 
I like uh, the idea that like, I get to promote where I'm from, like, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because I I see the cranes as a, just the perfect reminder of Belfast. Absolutely. So I I get to kind of well, kind of on the Instagram, like, I could probably be a bit better, but I get to show off Belfast and some of the things it has to offer. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many people buy them. They go, they go as far as Australia, <clears throat> New Zealand. America, and these are people that have obviously left Belfast and they've come across the site and they, they know that that reminds them. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they send a photograph. We encourage them to take a photograph of it in situ and then they send it back to us and gives us <laughs> gives us stuff for our Instagram page without <laughs> us any effort. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's some great, tremendous photographs coming back and mm-hmm. it's just amazing to see where these cranes actually end up. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that is amazing, amazing to think that we've made something and then it went to Australia, which is so many thousand miles away and the only person it relates to is the person from Belfast because I'm sure the Australians mm. wouldn't know ex- what exactly that is you know mm-hmm. so yeah there's like, there's like a, a cultural impact to what you guys do without a doubt there is yeah it's, it's you know I, I, I like the fact that people want to take it away with them as well as mm-hmm. a reminder of home that's that's what it is yeah you're like exporting the <laughs> yeah. culture to the world you know yeah but there is this thing like I do I, I have a couple of like I suppose, I don't know if gripes is the right word, but, you know, like, being in New York, obviously, like, I grew up, always knew what the Statue of Liberty was, knew what the Empire State Building looked like, yeah. uh, you mm. know, go further afield, knew what the Eiffel Tower looked like, even though I'd never been to any of these places. That's right. But yet, didn't really grow up with cranes in the home. Didn't grow up with, you know, uh, a Titanic in the home or a City Hall in the home. That's or right. there was no cultural significance or like celebration of those things I've been from Belfast yeah, yeah. that's true yeah now you, now, we, now you do have the opportunity to have cranes in the home <laughs> and the Titanics yeah. but I, I see what you guys are doing like I see you guys doing like an important part of actually celebrating the physical things that make Northern Ireland Northern Ireland mm. absolutely yeah you know so that's important too to get the, the positive message out mm-hmm. that, about this place because it definitely is a great place to live mm. you know so yeah, and the, the stories behind the cranes, you know, they're amazing. The cranes themselves. Oh, absolutely. But the other, the other thing is, a lot of people say to me, uh, they think they were around the time when the Titanic was built. And yeah. Because we make because we make the two products, we just don't want it to spell that myth. Sometimes <laughs> we just you know, we just we just allow it to maybe go, go over their heads a bit, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we we know they weren't here when the Titanic was built. So it's cool. Yeah, it's the natural assumption, isn't it, that the yeah, cranes, that these cranes built the Titanic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. Titanic was built there. The cranes are there, yeah. so <coughs> therefore, the, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, it's cool. We don't know where the Belfast sink fits into that particular story, but we'll we'll find a <laughs> we'll find a link. You know, yeah. so that's awesome. Uh, what is it like to work with your family? Um, I like imagine what are, what are some of the good what challenges, we, successes. We don't know. <laughs> we, we don't know what it's like any other way at the minute because we're we're working together. You know. I imagine there's more shouting than if it was like a, an office space. Uh, yeah, it'd be more controlled anger probably <laughs> in in an office environment than there would be in our house. In our house, like yeah, I guess because we're used to each other, we can maybe yeah uh, shout a bit more than if you were like, oh, I'm in an office, I have to look mm-hmm. professional. Because we're yeah, professionalism certainly goes out the window in our, <laughs> in our house when it comes to a disagreement on where we should be going. You know, yeah, I, it 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 is it is good, obviously, because well, family and uh, the flexibility, know, yeah, yeah, the flexibility is amazing, but also 
I don't know. I guess there's obviously like trust there. Maybe because yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah well, that's dad, true. Yeah, yeah, so, son built there, you know. Um, and obviously wanting the best, but obviously we don't always agree. So then shouting comes out. But <laughs> do you think that in a way? I mean, it, it, maybe it either hurts you or it either helps you. But do you think it could help you in a way? Because so in that office environment. There's so much like passive aggressiveness. Yeah, and yes. People bottle it all up, and people, you know, there's wee snide comments slipped oh, in yeah. to the point where it's this big political game, and nobody knows what anyone's thinking. And mm-hmm. you know, whereas maybe you guys have a, although it's maybe a bit more uh, explicit, it is more explicit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and it's yeah. more straight to the point. That's yeah. got to be good as well, you know. Mm. Like it is because once you air, once you air it, then it's over. You know, you you get on with it. You have to go to the next. There's things to be done, and we're yeah. busy, yeah. so <clears throat> you have to move on quickly. Yeah. Are you good, like, not just for your own relationship, but are you, are you good in general? Do you switch off or are you always on? Uh, I not. I don't switch off a lot. Yeah. I don't think so. No, I'm always thinking about it. <clears throat> when I'm walking the dog in the morning, I'm constantly thinking. That's where I get a lot of my ideas. Yeah, walking, yeah. you know, I think we'll have to do this and have to do that. And then I come back in and tell everybody, you know. <clears throat> but so, no, you'd be thinking about it all the time. You know, in the car, you'd be thinking... And um, you just want to be able to. Then I immediately I, once I'm in the car, I have to phone and tell people that I've, what I'm thinking, mm. and that's so. I would probably do more talking when I'm not there than than when I am there, you know. So yeah, because the ideas would be hitting you when you're driving. Mm-hmm. What about you, Connor? Because you have a slightly different role in that. <coughs> you are plugged into you know a device or a screen a lot of the time. Do you yeah. find it difficult to kind of separate? Well, I I try. And do like the nine to five hours. Cool. Um, just well, more like eight to five because obviously I have no commute time, so mm. I'm I'm there. Um, but then well, obviously because it it is sometimes you do end up just just not kind of stopping because you're there. Um, I I think I don't know. I think I'm I'm all right at it, but it's uh. But you'll do Saturdays and Sundays as well. well yeah, because like if you're there and it needs done, and also it's it's not like since it's like it's our partnership. It's not like oh, I'm off happy days. It's if I do work, I'm helping myself kind of thing. So, mm. um, yeah. Well, I, because it's it's not like a pain to do. Like so obviously, some things you maybe would put off more because you want to do <laughs> other things, but. <clears throat> Do what you want to do. That's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we probably need a bit more, I don't know, what is it? Uh, discipline. Discipline for yeah. that. Because obviously, yeah, that's another rule. Because since, I don't know, since we're like a partnership and I don't want to tell him what to do. And it, like, he probably does tell me what to do. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that, that kind of comes into it where it's like, you have less... Um, like authority no not authority but like it is on you so it's not like someone tells you to do something so if you end up you gotta be driven yourself yeah so you do (coughs) yeah that's it yeah so that it it can be hard but then obviously you want to do what you can and so to incentivize them that's the thing you know (laughs) sometimes it's maybe (laughs) well for both of you what's your least favorite part of the what you do and then your favourite part the least favourite part I can't 
automatically automatically think of one right now um, that I don't like doing. Probably, uh, probably coming to the conclusion that what we've made isn't going to make any money <laughs> because <laughs> it's cost us so much in the first place. That would be annoying, you know. After you put so much effort into it, that would be annoying. Yeah, but um, and then trying to go back to the drawing board and, and re- rework that that that'd be the most annoying thing out of all of it. Um. The finance stuff isn't fun because <laughs> I'm not the best with it. I don't know. QuickBooks is that's what we're using, and getting a grasp of that it probably isn't the most enjoyable. But it's it's obviously like super necessary. But yeah, the probably the most enjoyable thing is definitely making new products and like just finishing it. it yeah. yeah, just being kind like finished there, and then putting it out there. Like it was, it was great when we finished the sink and put it out there, and the response was fantastic. So that's probably the best part, just being making something and seeing that other people like it. Mm. Yeah, um, that was you get a kick out of that. Don't know the worst, the worst part. That's finance. You don't like the finance. Yeah, really. Finance. Hmm. I don't know. Probably you just call, that, making that, calls. Yeah, that kind of. You're not big into making calls. No. Face to face. No, <laughs> not, I'm prob- probably not the biggest talker there ever was. Um, uh, Honours and introverts <laughs> in every way. So, that's, <laughs> so it's hard to get them face to face and find, and find I mm. think this is amazing that he's actually here. So. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Uh, it's great. What have been some of the kind of the key lessons you've learned along the way? And I'm going to frame that as, I suppose, like, moments where you were like i don't know how we're ever going to get through this and then you find a way you know what have you learned kind of through them or what has been some of those moments there's some times when you're making the thing and it just doesn't look right and you're sitting looking at it thinking what is wrong with that you know what what have i done wrong here and then and particularly the giants causeway one i mean that's two years sat in my windowsill (laughs) looking at it thinking (laughs) what have i done that isn't right here and and it's very hard to come up with another idea that hasn't already been done with the Giants Causeway because everybody's been doing it for years so we just finally hit on something I thought you know what this is different than this will be I don't think anybody else has done it we've looked we've researched nobody else has done it um, we hope we're the first and uh, and the only one so that's when you go, wow this is a good idea let's do let's make this thing you know so we have versions of it now sitting around the house and we're just trying to work it now in such a way that we can maybe make money on it, mm. you know, but we'd like people to buy it. Yeah. Mm. Sure. So, yeah, there's a down, down days in that, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, Christmas is always, always uh, a busy time. Like, so just getting on top of that and j- costs, costs of things just come in and, and you, Connor, you, you, you just didn't. Connor doesn't like tax. He's, he's, he's well, explained I, this to him very early on. Yeah. I don't know. It just does seem like you pay tax and then there's more. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's oh just, there's that as well. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, there, it is just, there's costs that you just don't think of. And then it's hard thinking, oh, wait, I, I thought if we sold that point, it would be that, that that's good. But then you would think, oh, when you put that in, and then when you put that in and that in, it does take away and you're like, that's when you think, how is this possible? Yeah. Um, but I guess it's all about pushing through and like trying to, I don't know, save money when you can, but 
also still have a product that you're really happy with and we you don't like we don't want to charge ridiculous money for them um because you just or do you won't you buy just, them people won't buy them yeah <laughs> that's you know well yeah that that's it as well like uh like obviously we love them they're great they're great products but it is it is just find that price point that works and then yeah i don't know there, there just is a lot more hidden cost to things than I I think I know the value of things a lot more. Like when I went into a shop, I was like, how, <laughs> like, how is that even that price? Like, <laughs> like that's that's just got to be made for like one pound. And then now I'm thinking, oh. How did so, they do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, so when they add that on, it's like that that makes sense. But I, I was definitely, before doing this, I was definitely like, like why is a T-shirt? that price mm. and stuff and then now I, I think for the retailers and then the manufacturers and I kind of know the process a bit more so I value that um, which yeah is interesting but a learning curve isn't it really yeah, yeah. It, was, it was something I just never ever thought of before doing this I, I definitely just thought oh that's that price <clears throat> and assumed they just made all of that Profit, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They must be like. <laughs> but he so also thought money. his dinner arrived at his, at his table every single day as well. You know, so <laughs> that, that still happens. That's, <laughs> so that's, that's another another process I has to get through. You know, nice one. Uh, so shifting gears a wee bit here. So there's stock questions we always kind of finish the interview with. Just before we jump in there, I've got a couple kind of quick fire ones okay. just to kind of hear your thoughts on. So if you could kind of cow field design any landmark outside of Northern Ireland, which one would it be? Outside of Northern Ireland, <clears throat> well, the Wild Atlantic Way, the one that we're doing is outside of Northern Ireland, so therefore and that goes all the way down to Cork and Kerry. Um, we were looking at Dublin landmarks as well. We're trying to keep it on the on the island as well first before we go anywhere else because it's easier managed, mm. I suppose. Uh, but we haven't really looked at any other cities. Well, I I wouldn't mind was. going to New York and doing that. <laughs> uh, New York yeah, yeah. pubs. <clears throat> So uh, that that would be a good excuse to go and be like, oh, I'll I'll do the New York pubs. Um, oh, right. Well, I'll have to go on that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> show me I can tell you where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any material that you haven't currently kind of worked with in a product that you'd like to try out? Um, I, I I like the idea of uh, laser cut wood. But I th- sometimes it looks a little bit too manufactured. That's mm. my problem with that. There, just it's too perfect. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I, there's no handmade mm. element to it. Whenever I'm looking at it, thinking it's just it's a machine that's doing it. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. maybe maybe I in the future, know. I don't know. What other materials are there? Well, perspex and mm. material felt and I don't know anything like that. Yeah, no, I I can't think of anything <laughs> of my <laughs> glass. Mm. Oh, something glass would be funky, wouldn't it? Yeah, stained yeah. glass. Do you know what would be cool? I don't know if there's a market for it, and it would be very, very difficult to make. You know the balls and the falls? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've looked at those. That's tricky. That's a tricky, it would be those. a tricky thing to make. Like, it's very finickety, is that even a word? Mm. Well, that's probably one that would, you'd, would be 3D, maybe 3D printing yeah. or something like that there. Yeah. But then where's the element of handcrafting and that? That's, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. No, definitely, I think that that's, <clears throat> that's an iconic shape as well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that is something probably waiting to be done, but yeah. it is, it's a strange shape. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what's your favorite product or what product are you, you personally most proud of? 
Um, probably like the, the cranes. <laughs> Just yeah, love the cranes. <clears throat> Obviously, I I love the pubs because I put so much work into them and uh, spent but, so much time in them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's it, you know? yeah. but no, I I just think the cranes are class because they're they're the cranes. <laughs> I actually really like the I like the packaging for the cranes. Thank you. That's probably you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah I like that. Yeah. I think it's cool. Keep keep it simple. <laughs> okay, so stock questions. Uh, the first one's always a hard one. Uh, you probably answer these separately, so someone will have to pull the short straw and go first. These are questions we ask every single guest. And the first one is, tell us uh, what was personally the most successful moment that jumps to mind of your kind of journey so far. Um, probably getting the sinks made because that's, that's kind of something I pushed to get done. And it was... Yeah, I had the made out of wood. Yeah, like... Geez, we have, have, made out we have so many different stage, variations and of everything. The same, but... They're not the same. Mm. So they had to be ceramic. They just had to be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think just way, yeah. getting that done and being like, "That's made." Probably, probably that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. That is it. Just because I don't know when it when I started it, I just didn't know if it would be possible, and then just being able to have an idea and eventually get it mm. done to what you thought it was going to be like that yeah and that's very satisfying like cool what was the question <clears throat> most successful moment of your life of this journey here probably i think the belfast sink is the one that i mm. i much i prefer i just think it looks class you know it looks looks like the belfast sink yeah and and i didn't think it would would be able to make get it made mm. and and I think there's a big satisfaction in that. It's awesome. Yeah, I like that. It's cool. So flip side, biggest challenge? I grow in the company. Uh, just growing it in, in a way that we can manage it. Um, we want to definitely definitely do bigger things and just have the resources within ourselves to be able to do it. And Maybe grow, living with the him. Yeah. No, maybe living with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Connor moving out anytime yeah. soon <laughs> would help a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, biggest. I don't know, but I was kind of thinking that, like, because when I started joining or joined, it was weird to actually kind of take it seriously because I, I was. Yeah. That, because I think for a while we were doing it and we were like, oh, this is. Is it good? But then there is definitely a point where you think, oh, maybe we could do this. This, this is a business. Yeah. <laughs> it took him it took you a while to realise that. Yeah, I think that that was that was definitely a, a strange one. Because it was kind of something half didn't have a job, put my time into this. Um, yeah, you weren't sure should you go out and look for a job. Actually. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure like I'll work on this maybe get stuff from my portfolio and then go find work in an agency but there was definitely there's definitely a point where I was thinking oh this I I could do this and that that was strange because when we started doing it for me at least I it didn't feel part of it maybe at the beginning yeah I don't know it just didn't seem like an option Mm. 
but obviously it is now and it's it's fantastic but uh yeah that was interesting cool. that kind of point two more uh you're like flip me <laughs> flip me how long was this been going for <clears throat> um Got if you could take, <laughs> if yeah. you could take anyone from northern ireland out for coffee uh dead or alive who would you take where would you take them connor and why do you I have to think about this one. Oh, somebody from Northern Ireland. Liam Neeson. I think Liam Neeson's because he's from Ballymena and I'm from Ballymena and his father was the janitor in my primary school. Really? Yes. <laughs> Barney. Barney Neeson. And he uh, he used to, in, in Hugamount House, he was the, the janitor in, in, the, uh, in that primary school. Wow. Yeah. What so, would you talk to Big Liam about? Well, I talked to him about that. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that I went to school with his father. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, I, would, I would just love to tell him that, you know? Yeah. Because that's, that's a memory I have. So. And give him a crane. <laughs> and I give him a crane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Connor? Um, well, you would have needed more time on that one. Yeah. yeah I, I think. <laughs> but, or like. Yeah, he's just not that good company. After all. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to go with him. He knows that nobody would come with him. Yeah. Let me broaden it out for you. If you could take any sort of you know designer or any kind of business person you look up to, oh, right. maybe maybe uh, R- Richard Branson because I, I sent him a a letter a letter <clears> when <throat> I was really young. Yeah, uh, he wrote back. Yeah, and he, and he wrote back because wow. I I'm dyslexic and I think my mom was trying to inspire me because uh, obviously he's dyslexic as well so she told me to write a letter to him um, and I, I think I drew a picture of him in a hot air balloon <laughs> did that and, uh, and then he, he actually wrote back which was yeah amazing. a personal letter twice wow. yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah I'd, I'd bring him to Belfast <laughs> and show him show him around unreal bungee jump from the cranes yeah, mm. yeah I, they, they should start doing that <laughs> final question guys I they should mm. uh, that'll be your, your next business yeah <laughs> type rope walk across it um, if we could turn this recording studio into a time machine and you could go back to an 18 year old version of yourself and you had a couple minutes of your time your own time what would you say to yourself what would I say to myself at 18? I'd have said just go out and explore. Just get out. Go and see as many places as you can possibly see. And and just just find out a bit more about yourself because you're very restricted when you, when you stay in the one place. I think just travel. See as much as you can. Meet new cultures. And just talk to a lot of people. And uh, you'll have all those memories. That's what I would do. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to have that business trip to New York. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Self-funded. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I was thinking maybe just say start making the grains earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Probably something. Something. Well, obviously, I, I'm not super far off that. So. Um, You're a good bit off eighteen yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably just. Yeah, I would have told myself, you can do what you kind of want if you try. Like, I never thought this was an option. So I was like, probably tell myself that you can 
make your own business, that is an option. You can, it's doable. Mm. Yeah, you never ever considered no. for himself at all. No, didn't think that was a that was available to him. You know. Yeah, I I, I think th- worse people should be thinking along those lines. You know. Yeah, I think a lot like just most people just don't know the amount of options you like you have if if there is something you want to do it can be done kind of thing um like i i have a little brother he's 12 and i he he says he wants to be a teacher but i'm just thinking it's like i I always find it strange the amount of ways people kind of make a living because obviously we we are in like studio souk and all the different shops so we meet all the different uh, kind of creators and it's it is amazing the amount of just way people make money and we're, we're in uh, that accelerator program yeah and it's all about uh, I think small businesses in Northern Ireland just kind of giving help or whatever so I think we got a meeting tomorrow um, but it's just, it's just amazing to see the amount of different businesses and you just think like there's so many things that I was like I didn't even know like what? What is that? Like, people pay for that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I always find that interesting. Just there's, it's not. You don't have to just get a job in just like different places. There's, if you have an idea and you think it can work, you should try it. Kind of thing. Awesome guys. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt, for the yeah, opportunity. Thank you very much. Sean O'Connor, thank you so, so much. Sean Connor, it sounds like Sean Connor, I nearly said it there. Sean and Connor, thank you very much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule on the run of the Christmas here to come and share your story with us. Really, really appreciate it. Really love what you do. It's really exciting to be kind of exporting a culture. You know what I mean? Have you ever thought about that? You know, giving people the, the amazing opportunity to have these wee mementos in their houses or on their Christmas tree or, you know, on their office desk. I think that's really cool. I think it's really important. It's it's kind of what I'm trying to do with the podcast, I suppose, only I'm obviously doing it from a story and an audio perspective. But it is so exciting to see more and more people encounter Northern Ireland, more and more people celebrate in Northern Ireland. And honestly, I think it's so, so needed. I, I do legitimately mean it. So, yes, please get behind them. Please support them. If you haven't got all your Christmas presents yet, which I imagine you haven't, if you're anything like me, you can head to their website. It's cowfielddesign.com. I mean, just Google them or Instagram them. Uh, They've got some really, really nice products. Their Belfast sink is absolutely gorgeous. Their cranes are just, I mean, that's the staple. If I'm giving people a gift or if I'm thanking guests for coming on the show, that is the thing that I'll send them. And the story I kind of attach to it is, you know, like, here's a little small reminder for you of all the amazing things that people from Northern Ireland and Belfast have been able to make and an encouragement that you can do the same. Do you know what I mean? It's just nice. I hate the word nice, but it is. It's just nice. I really, really enjoy it. I really appreciate it. So yes, please support them. Please check them out. If you are a Goliath producer, what the heck does that mean? It means if you support the show for £25 a month, um, we've just sent out our Christmas boxes for this year. You will get a mini crane in this Christmas box, along with six or seven, I think it is, other products from people that we've been interviewing on the podcast. For me, it's just a really nice way to to bring the online to the offline, to let you guys experience and kind of interact with some of the stuff that you've been hearing in your ears and have them in your home and have them packedly in your hand. Some other stuff in there. There's tickets to a wee Christmas show. There's a book from one of the people that we've interviewed and a whole bunch of other wee quirky stuff that we've picked up over the last few months. 
We are a crowdfunded show. We rely on your support and the support of our sponsors, the support of people commissioning miniseries and things like that. If you would like to join the Producers Club for as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, it makes a massive, massive difference. Thank you so, so much to all of you who are a part of that. You guys make the show possible. You know, for example, this episode wasn't really planned. Um, I already had interviews recorded and scheduled, but I thought, you know what? It's a run up to Christmas. Uh, I want to get. I want to push out a couple more episodes than I usually do. I really want to get this maker story out there because it makes sense, you know, to share the story in January. You know, no one's buying stuff, so I like to try and give back to the guests as much as possible because they're so generous and sharing their time with me and and, and with you guys. You know, you, you got to have a wee bit of strategy. You know, you got to think, okay, well, what's the best time to share this story? What's the best time to share that story? So I do put quite a lot of thought into that and try to diversify the stories you're hearing as much as possible. You know, we're in the middle of our Disruptor series with Fleet Financial. It's very business heavy. It's a lot of business leaders. So do you know what? Okay, let's share the story of someone completely outside of that field. And uh, we've got a bonus episode on Wednesday here. And it is with an absolute legend who is very much so in a different space uh, than some of the people we've been chatting to recently. And I really can't wait to share that with you. So until then, if it is your first time listening, thank you so much for making it all the way through to the end. You can check out our back catalogue of over 80 hour-long conversations with incredible people from Northern Ireland over at bestofbelfast.org or simply by searching Belfast on your favourite podcast app. The website is also where you can support us on our journey to 100 interviews and sign up to our email newsletter and all that sort of good stuff. Really great hanging out with you there for an hour. Hope it was a nice break in your busy day and I really hope that you enjoyed hearing the great story of Sean and Connor. Thank you very much. As always, my name is Matthew Thompson. This is the best of Belfast and until next, well, I was going to say next Monday morning, but next Wednesday, so in a couple of days. Until next time, we'll go with that. All the very best and take care of yourself. Cheers.